1: The latest episode of 21 Questions, a QA style show covering whatever our subscribers feel like hearing about. And it's presented by Macadoodles, your one stop shop for beer, wine, and spirits, now in Kansas City. The latest episode of 21 Questions begins now.
2: Live from Radio Row. At the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine here in Indianapolis, I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Tucker Franklin, producing this thing, and special guest, Matt Verderam from a place to be determined.
3: Yes, currently fan-sided until, like, the end of day Friday, and then uh, you have to follow me on on Twitter to know where I'm going
4: come Monday.
2: Yeah, some people on the social media, when we promoted this, thought that this was going to be an (laughs) announcement for you joining KCSN, and if you that's why you're tuned in right now that is not the case matt is not joining us we cannot afford him he's too good
3: <laughs> i appreciate that i uh i'm happy to be here this is fun we uh we, we've never done this this is this is cool man i'm glad not in person me. no
2: yeah no but we talked about it before and we've been hanging out a little bit here in indy that you know there's so many of us that that kind of started around the same time at arrowhead pride back in the day that yeah. uh, it's kind of cool to see everybody kind of go do their own thing and, and be in different spots and uh still all cover the chiefs and talk about something that we all did when we weren't getting paid or not getting paid very much. That yeah it's very much a passion for all of us uh, that were you know AP had we had a squad.
3: We don't like people. While. And a lot of them are now with you, right? You got the lab, those guys. Yep. And the two of us and then there was you know Matt Connor who's over at Arrowhead Addict and fan side, and Patrick Allen who was also at Arrowhead Pride. Seth and Kaiser. Seth Kaiser, who's yeah. at the Athletic, uh, doing some work and doing his own substack, just rolling, doing great work. So it's crushing it. It's it's kind of crazy. Like all of us were there in like a period of I don't know, four or five years, you know, maybe a little longer, six years. It's it's uh yeah, it, it worked out. It worked out for everybody.
2: Yeah, no, Tucker's going to bring on some of the comments. I already see him right here. Casey saying, no, Casey, it's in here on Matt. <laughs> we can give you a hoodie. We can get you something. That's right. Um, but yeah, no, the beauty of, and we've, we've said this so many times on the network, I know you feel the same, that, you know, Chiefs fans are lucky. There's a lot of really good places to consume yeah. content, and uh, we'll promote all of them, and you know, there's something for everybody. Uh, that's the beauty of it.
3: I think a lot of times, you know, in this business you get a little petty, you get catty, you don't want to just kind of hoard the audience. But the reality is like if you're a Chiefs fan, you should be watching KCSN, you should check out our Attic. you should check out yep. Times Rs, right? The Athletic. I mean yep. these are a lot of not only hardworking people, they're good people. Yeah, they're smart people. Like this I would I would put the people that cover the Chiefs against anybody. For sure. Any fan base. And I you know, obviously I have to cover the league nationally as well. Like there it is it is not everywhere. You have this amount of outlets to not only talk about the team, but can be informative, can be insightful, entertain. Yep. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard, and, and Chiefs fans have a lot of outlets to uh, to learn about their Super Bowl champions.
2: Yeah, and the and the beauty of this, and this is something that I've learned over the last you know year and a half with KCSN and starting the platform from scratch, and the way that the monetization and the business side of things that you know we have to figure out, especially starting something from scratch, you've got to yep. figure out a way to to make it all work. That you know, there's millions of Chiefs fans out there, and that, there's plenty of fans to go around for all the different platforms. If you offer something that people like, it's some people will prefer your show. Some people prefer our shows, or they listen to a little bit of both. We have so many shows on our network. I don't expect everybody to listen to every single show, but we have so many different personalities. It's yeah. find the ones that you like, listen to those. And if it's ours and times ours, or even kingdom cast or the kingdom yeah. Queens, there's so many cool, just uh, those shows, shows yep. popping up and people that do great stuff and they care about the team. They're talking about something that we all care about. It's beautiful, but, you only need X number of people to follow you and the people to make your part, little corner of this work and your little niche, your little voice in this big conversation it's a drop in the bucket compared to the millions of fans that are out there. So I uh, appreciate you having you on. You bet. So I know we talked about before you're familiar with the show. So uh, subscriber generated questions, kind of like Q and a mailbag. Uh, we call it 21 questions. Thanks to our friends at Macra which is now in Kansas city. Check them out over in Lee summit. Uh, always take care of you uh, to get your stuff um, for game day, off season, whatever it is, getting ready for the draft. Uh, find all that beautiful stuff. Go get some Casey beer. That's right. Casey beer co. That's right. Um, sponsor of your former. Podcaster, well, I don't know how to talk it about for it for two, more, two days. more days. Okay, I don't know how to talk about I'm,
3: it. Well, I actually have the podcast later today at, uh, at, at 5 East and 4 Central. There you go. Did, so, you, did you
2: bring, like, Casey Bierko with you? Did you bring, I, like, a case of it?
3: I, it's all at my house. It's all at <laughs> my house. Right. When we went out for the live show we did, I think, at the beginning of December, I, I took as much of it as I physically could back to the house. Plus, we did the Arrow Red Lager. Which yeah. is uh, like our beer that we did with them, which is the pinnacle of my career. Like <laughs> I t- nothing will ever be better than that.
2: We talked yeah. about that when I saw you guys at uh, the Kelly's that night.
3: Yeah, I came and yeah. hung
2: out with you and Briscoe and yep, and met Sterling and 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 Patrick was there. That was fun.
3: It was it was cool. I will say real quick. It was so we did that show and and I was there. For, I think it was in Casey for like three days, and
2: it was just funny because
3: you know you know how much people love the Chiefs and how interested they are in him. But I don't know how, and this I'm sure happens. To you even you know, considerably more, but. It was funny when I went to Kansas City. We went to—I met uh, Briscoe that night for dinner, the first night I got into town. We went, uh, we went out, and we walked in, and some guy came up to me. and was like, "Are you Matt Verduran? Mm-hmm. I love your stuff, man. I love the cheese. And I was like, "That's a crazy amount of passion." Like I was just sitting there with Briscoe, and my, my point is, you don't like, like you don't get that everywhere else. But because Kansas City is so obsessed with the Chiefs, like, you wouldn't have that in New York because there's no. so many teams. Right. There's so many teams in LA. There's so many teams down in Florida or Texas, but in Kansas City, like the passion for the Chiefs is so crazy that they'd recognize a dope like me out at dinner eating a brisket. Like that, that speaks to the fandom and
2: how powerful it is. And it's awesome. Yeah. I'm sorry for responding phones blowing up but exactly. tucker's got questions for us that uh, are Still. coming from the discord or if you're listening to this live you're watching on twitter or on youtube send us your questions over and we'll get to as many as we can over the next 20 minutes or so
5: i want to start with this one from uh, diggy b in the discord with leo's performance in the super bowl do we think we trade slash extend or let willie gay hit free agency next offseason? I, I think look regardless of leo it's tough to
3: pay major money to multiple off-ball linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. And let's face it, look, Willie Gay's excellent, and he serves a major need for that team, but are you paying him or Nick Bolton, right? Like Nick Bolton is now – now Nick Bolton's not even eligible for an extension until after his third year, right? He's not, he's not even in the conversation until next offseason, but if you want to give Willie Gay any kind of meaningful long-term deal – that might overlap with Nick Bolton like are you willing to yeah. give Nick Bolton what is going to be close to 20 million a year and then also pay Willie Gay 8 million a year, 7 million a year? That's a question for Brett Beach to figure out. Maybe he does it in a way where he basically pays them this year and next year and then it's like pay as you go. Yeah. But I think it's a tough it's a tough call because you can't pay everybody. Right. And you you need to pay Nick Bolton when that time comes. I don't know that you pay Willie Gay that amount of money.
2: Yeah, we always joke about this with Brett. Uh, we used to talk to him all the time at the combines. Like the better they are at drafting, the harder the decisions get when it comes to roster cutdowns. Comes down to paying guys. You can't pay everybody. You the finances will not allow you to. Yeah. Hey, um, you can't have everybody on rookie deals because you need veterans who can step in and play. And the better you draft, the more you don't have to leverage yourself to having to go fix problems yep. in free agency where it gets more expensive. So yeah, not. It's good problems to have when you're talking about a young linebacker, especially for Leo Chanel in the best game of his career in the Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah. which is a good time to do that. Uh, so this conversation, you know, we have in the offseason, but uh, Gracie Willie Gay, um, you know, go out there and make an impact. And he's got, you know, another season to go out there and make the kind of impact that a lot of us thought he would when he was drafted with the way that he plays. And it um, seems like he's kind of come into his own, stay healthy, go out there and and earn some money, whether it's with Kansas City or somebody else.
3: 88% of the snaps in the Super Bowl. Pretty good. All year long, they took them off field on third down. And they got the Super Bowl. And like, you know, Willie, <laughs> you stay out there. We'll See how it plays out.
5: Played out pretty Worked. well. It did play out yeah, pretty well. Okay. There's been a, a couple questions here. One's from Nick Deal on on the YouTube as it's coming through. Any feeling on whether KC are looking for a wide receiver, one that doesn't that uh, wasn't on the roster this year? And I also got a question from the Discord, kind of along the same lines, but it's also has having to do with the uh, wide receiver room. Uh, we could talk about. You know, kind of the free agency aspect of it. But uh, Cigarette and a Fresca also asked if there are any wide receivers in this draft that you could feel and have a significant role. First of all, that's a great name. That is yeah. great. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that this
3: draft, there's no Jamar Chase. He's going to go, like, top five, right? Like, there's a lot of depth, I I would say, between maybe pick 15 and, like, the middle of the third round. Like, there's going to be a lot of guys there. You know, I remember going to the Senior Bowl, and you saw guys, guys like Jalen Reed out of Michigan City, you saw guys like Tank Dell out of Houston, um, you know, Wicks out of out of Virginia, who I think is an interesting guy. Um, I think for the Chiefs, you're probably better served to draft the guy in that range, maybe on day two, you know, and kind of double down your bet on Sky Moore. And right. we talked to Andy Reid on Tuesday, and he, right at the beginning, was like, Look, he's you know, Kadarius Tony's gonna have a bigger role, Sky Moore's gonna have a bigger role. Yeah. They might, you know, Justin Watson, nobody's talking about him. He played a ton of snaps this past year for the Chiefs. whatever you want, yeah. the coaching staff likes him. Yeah. Mahomes trusts him. So, does he come back? I don't know that McCall Hardman has a role back in Kansas City. You know, we'll see. You never know. But my, my guess would be he might move on. I think the big question is going to be, what do they do with Juju? Because if they bring right. him back, then all of a sudden, like, that need isn't necessarily as big. But you talk to people around the combine, and it's, it, Seems as though he's gonna get some sizable offers on a per year base or you know, millions per year basis. So the other question is DeAndre Hopkins.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. He's
3: got a two year, thirty-four million dollar deal and none of it's guaranteed. Now, is he willing to go somewhere without renegotiating that deal? If he is, I think the Chiefs could very much be involved. If he's not willing to do that and he wants a brand new contract, essentially, I think it really hinders what the Chiefs are gonna to want to do. I don't think they're gonna to wanna to give him much guaranteed money into his thirties.
2: There is a lot of smoke around that one. And I went not ask around to people to put it out on social, you know, I like it, but they have, they have some money. I don't think Brad Veach is ever going to have Patrick Holmes wanting for weapons. No, um, whether we see them, whether it's guys that we know that are going to be very good or guys like Justin Watson, where at the time of the signing, they knew he was going to make some sort of an impact using in there and play. I know Brett had been following him for a while, but the Deandre Hopkins stuff, I, Based on what I've heard, I do think he wants a new deal and that money becomes an issue when you've got Chris and you've got Orlando Brown Jr. and you've got some other decisions that you need to make financially. Um, But we know the cap can be maneuvered, but the cash is the budget that doesn't change. That's where it's like the hunt's like, this is the budget. This is what you can spend from a cash standpoint, make it work within the cap, which is easy to do when you have guys like Chris Shea and and Brant Tillis working it behind the scenes. But cash, they only have so much.
3: You know, this is well as I do. The other part of that is, if you pay guys outside the building to come in, guys who are inside the building or waiting on deals, that is not a good look in a locker room. Guys yeah. notice that stuff. And if you got Chris Jones sitting there waiting to get an extension, Lajarius need waiting to get paid for the first time. We talked about Willie Gay. And then they go and bring in somebody yeah. and they're they're adding huge money. And then they they go, Well, we can't pay you any of the money. You you just paid that guy. Yeah. And he's done nothing here. And I've got rings that stuff matters too for Brett Beach
2: and more guys can become more veteran wide receivers could become available anytime over the next few weeks. Yep. And a lot, lot of different things that can change and even stuff with Hopkins, like the stuff that I was hearing that was kind of cooling that talk just from a financial standpoint makes sense. But we were joking earlier about the free agent market and what we saw last year with the market being set with some of the contracts that were given out, the guy like Jacoby Meyer is going to get paid. Yeah, he is. he's going to get paid more than I, I think a lot of people are probably gonna be surprised that his contract. Alon just Lizard. like we were last year. Yeah. And so, if you have to give up a, a mid-brown day-two pick to get a DeAndre Hopkins and you pay him 25, like whatever he's going to – he's getting 23 right now. I know we saw what Tyreek got. He's, what, 31 years old? Yep. You can get to the negotiation point, but if you pay DeAndre Hopkins 25, 25-ish. That's a lot of money. Or you have to pay Jacoby Myers 15. He's like, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is worth the $10 million yeah. difference and the yeah. talent level of those two players.
3: Also, uh, Rashad Bateman. Perhaps. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's what's going on, on Twitter today.
2: How many calls do you think yeah. Eric DaCosta got?
3: Yeah, uh, a few. I, I, Brett, <laughs> Brett Beach, uh, lover of first-round picks. And uh, and also a, a guy who's dealt with the Ravens before. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek. But, yeah, Eric DaCosta probably wasn't thrilled when he woke up this morning and saw that half of Baltimore Twitter, including his own receiver, uh, coming after him.
1: You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas
0: City, KC Sports Network.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network.
5: All right, Tuck, what do we got? Tough look for them. Uh, There's something we got to talk about here. Odella asks thoughts on NFLPA report card regarding Rick Bolter. Burke Holder, obviously, that grade coming out yesterday from the first ever uh, NFLPA report card. 29th in the league was uh, kind of shocking to a lot of people.
3: It's not good. It's not. I mean, it's not all <laughs> oh, you want. Rick Burkhold to talk about having a tough day. You, you open that up, and you're getting named by like I. I will say this. I always think and this, think about if you're, you know you went to college and you had to fill out a review, right? Like you're always going to be more negative and more open and stuff like that because you don't have to put your name to it, right? Right, and and some there's value in that because you can be more honest. So I'm not knocking it, but I think there's always going to be a little bit more of an inclination to be like, Hey, you know what I'd really like? I'd like a better weight room. And maybe I didn't want to say that to the boss, but I can say it here. So I don't have to attach my name to it. I think the chiefs definitely have to look into it and address it. I mean, you, you can't just say, Oh, well, it's fine. We won the super bowl. No, I mean, you need to have those conversations with the training staff. You need to have the conversation internally go, "Where, where can we be better? What can we do better? That's your job as an organization. And you don't want to fall behind other organizations. Now, do I think, they're going to lose out on free agents because of this? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, the reality is money talks, and if you're a vet receiver who wants to win, like you're not going to not go to the Chiefs because Rick Burkholder was taking some some shots in this report. But you'd also not be doing your job, if you're the Chiefs, not to look into some of these complaints because yeah. it could be very valid.
2: Yeah, when it comes to like, the facilities, I can't speak to any of that because I didn't see anything else other than going and seeing the stadiums and all that. But yeah. either – no matter – regardless of where you stand on this and some players just don't mesh well with certain people and they've got bones to pick. I mean, yep. we saw with Shop eight and we just talked about it. he's putting it out there. If nothing else, it's going to lead to a bunch of meetings and a bunch of conversations internally between Andy Reed and Rick Burkholder, not just because of what was said and the validity of it in, in being good and making sure the players feel uh, supported. All of the players feel supported, but it's like what would cause players to come out and speak so definitively about something Um it's, it's a tough look, but it's hard for me because I know Rick and I, I saw him the other day and he's always been, so always been good to me, but you know, not every player jives well with everyone. Same thing with the coaching staff. And a lot of times the, pl- the stuff doesn't get out. This kind of stuff. do not necessarily want that getting out, but if right. getting it out ultimately makes things better at any level long-term with thing, all right? of the players, then it is a good thing, but yeah, it's just not a good look.
3: Yep.
5: All right, this is uh, uh, another question coming from the Discord. It's from uh, Neil F., a very interesting one, especially we talk about roster-building uh, conversations here. He asked, if you could only do one, what direction would you take, extend Chris Jones or sign Orlando Brown Jr. to a long-term deal?
3: I'd extend Chris Jones, Yeah, and I wouldn't even blank. Listen, I have said and gotten screened at for, I think outside of Mahomes, you could make a real argument. The most important position on the Chiefs is our left tackle. Because he protects Mahomes, and if that guy screws up and misses one blitz, you got a problem. Okay. That said, Chris Jones is walking into into Canton one day. Orlando Brown is a good football player. He's not going to Canton without a ticket. Okay. Like he's a good player. He's not Chris Jones. That defense doesn't work if Chris Jones is not there. Period. End of story. I don't care how good the young corners are. You know his job gets a lot harder without Chris Jones? Nick Bolton. Hey, <laughs> like. Nick Bolton's not being kept clean anymore. They think about the play where Nick Bolton scores in the Super Bowl. What sets it up? Chris Jones gets a yeah. double, and there's nowhere for Jalen Hurts to go, and he goes to switch a hand, you know, and he fumbles the ball. So, yeah, listen, I think that in the peripheral, I think the Chiefs will have to do both. You can lower the cap it by extending Chris Jones, and then you sign yeah. OBJ to you know, 22, 23 million a year. But if they had to do one or the other, I, I don't even think it would be a contest for them.
5: Yeah, I agree. Nate Taylor wrote yesterday uh, in the Athletic that the that the that they want that the Chiefs want to make uh, an extension and offer to him that'll make him the second highest at that position. Yes. Uh, current AAV for deep tackles is from Zach Eisen. Uh, Aaron Donald is first at thirty one point six seven million, so second highest would slot in at about twenty three million per year, yep. uh, because tied for second right now to Force Buckner Leonard Williams both twenty one million APY. Um, so I think that that could be a, a deal. And listen, I. I think that'd be money well spent. I was talking to a few people yesterday, just uh,
3: you know, around and at night, and I think something like if they, if including his current year, if they made it like four and a hundred, and maybe guaranteed the first two years, and then partial guarantee in the third, I think that's fair. You know, I look, I'm sure he would love to get right near where Aaron Donald got. The reality is, Aaron Donald might be the greatest fence tackle ever. Right. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't think you doing that. But if you get the twenty five million, first of all, it's a raise off of his second contract. How many guys get a raise from a second to a third contract? Very rare.
5: Yeah. All right. This one is uh, from Mike Denny. He asked, uh, is the St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail as good as advertised?
2: Tuck, why don't you take this one first, since you tried it first? this guy? They were bringing it around. So they've never seen this before. People, the reps from St. Elmo's were walking around with the shrimp cocktail, handing really? it out like their waiters around Radio Row. And I knew what it was immediately. And they're like, You want shrimp? And Sh- Tucker's like, Sure. It has no water, nothing. And then just takes a bite into it. And as soon as he put it in his mouth, I was like, Do you know what you
5: just did? It's a wasabi. <laughs> you don't have water.
2: Yeah, horseradish is strong. Brought me yeah. to
5: tears. Uh, I was crying. Uh, Mine were crying. watering because of the horseradish. <laughs> but no, I thought it was tasty once you get past that initial slap in the face of horseradish but it was just like
2: a little plate with just a little bit of horseradish when you go there they like you can't see the shrimp they put so much on it so when you're at the restaurant yeah
3: i I will tell you i had it last night and i love it and i hate (laughs) and i hate spice i hate spice but it's a kick as you put it's it's a punch to the face but it's brief like it Mm. doesn't last yeah Yeah. it's not just spicy food your mouth's on fire for like 10 minutes it's a quick kick, but man, it is—it is so good. I don't like oh.
2: horseradish at all, but I always go there and eat it, and I don't necessarily enjoy it. I just feel like you have to do it's it. It's important. <laughs> just like it's important. It's what you do when you're here.
3: It's—it's it's amazing. That—that that restaurant is—it's uh, so funny. You walk in there, and like half the NFL is just sitting at a table. You're like, oh, there's the Packers. Uh, there's the whole team. Like, right. It's a, no, I, I love the shrimp cocktail.
5: All right, I got some more roster building. Shocker, got some roster building <laughs> questions here. Uh, Keith McLean says, uh, more likely first round pick, defensive end, defensive back, or wide receiver. Defensive end, defensive
3: back. You want to go first on this? You want to take take a stab at it?
2: Yeah, I would. I mean, we haven't got through free agency yet, I so know, know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we talked about this last night. So if the Chiefs do what they've normally done, which is patch up. The holes that we all, you know, say, like, hey, they're light in this area. They always patch those with veterans, guys throughout free agency. Yep. So when you get to the draft, you're not pigeonholing to be like, they have to take a guy right here to play this position. Right. So right now, I would say edge rusher um would be my most likely scenario just because Frank, even if he comes back, would be on some sort of rotation. We're not gonna expect him to go out there and play, you know, 40 50 snaps in every game. Yep. And I just like the idea of the Chiefs having three cornerbacks and two starting edge rushers on rookie deals. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes <laughs> prime. I
3: mean I Look, I think every time I answer a question like this, I say the same thing. First of all, you don't know what free agency is going to bring. Second of all, yeah. you don't know what the board's going to be. You know, yeah. when when we were we were talking about our head pride at the beginning, so when we worked there, like when we worked there and they were drafting fifth, yeah, you were like, oh, Eric Berry, yeah. <laughs> you knew you're like, all right. That's Glenn like, Dorsey. right. Dorsey, he's you, right there. You Easy. knew how it was going to shake. You. When you're 31, like what position has runs yep. put on it, right? And what yeah. does? it? I would say this: if all things are equal, I would say edge rusher. I would say it's because they can draft a guy in the second or third round for Mahomes, and he's going to turn the guy into 20% better than what he normally would be. Yeah. There's, it's the same reason I would extend Chris Jones right now. There's no Patrick Mahomes on the defensive side to elevate everybody else. Yeah. Offensively, that's fine. Like, Isaiah Pacheco's never running into a heavy box in his career. You have Mahomes. <laughs> I, would, yeah. I would draft the edge. I think they have a lot of corners. Not saying I wouldn't add one, but I think they have a lot of them. Um, I'll, I'll give you one other one, though. What about Tackle? Like even if they yep. you know, because even if you tag Brown, okay, you don't have certainty past this year though. At least not when you're going to the draft. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I know you got Kennard. I, I get it. You have Yang, but you don't know what do you, you do with you? Wiley.
2: I mean, that's the big one for me. He's he said, the pivot you could, point. You could tag Brown again, pay Wiley, and then draft one. Yeah, and then just Orlando Brown Jr. kind of knows like. Listen, is it. And then Andrew Wiley's versatile enough. He could slide around and he can move over you, and play guard if Tooney gets let go or doesn't fulfill play out his contract. I'll
3: tell you what else, too. It gives Brett a little bit of leverage in those negotiations. Like, look, I don't have to sign you. We just took a guy, you know, 50th overall. So, like, I am, I am more free to let you walk. I mean, is that going to lower the price? No. I mean, he's going to want what he wants and so on yeah. and so forth. But it gives Brett a little bit of strength in negotiations to say, hey, if you, if you don't want to take this, that's fine then you're going to play out this one-year deal because right. we just took this guy in the second round and we feel confident in him. So I think for the Chiefs, you can't have enough competition to tackle, whether it's your start or for swing.
2: Yeah, and the only reason I wouldn't say wide receiver is you want guys, I mean, we all want guys who can make an instant impact. And you just don't see that with wide receivers. And I say it's it, I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth because if Zay Flowers is there, <laughs> run to the podium.
3: Okay, yeah. he, is he your number one guy?
2: I haven't watched all of them. I've watched a ton of guys. I've watched enough of him to be like, that dude would be very good. Okay. With patch bombs in the system.
5: Okay. Would be a fun one. Uh, Mel Kiper Jr. As we mentioned, uh, mocked Broderick Jones, mm-hmm. uh, offensive tackle from Georgia to the Chiefs. So,
2: right, we'll do rapid fire to get to twenty-one because we've got about five more minutes here. So, yeah. Send uh, us those questions.
5: This one from Andrew R uh, on the YouTube is: Ceh done in Kansas City, and can they get a late-round pick for him?
3: I think. I think we might have seen the last of Ceh if they cut him. They only save a little bit, and they eat two million. But it's the opposite if they trade them. I mean, mm. I think they could probably get like a seventh round pick for them. You know, some team will take it's a low cost.
2: Yeah, I, I need to look at that contract because I thought there was a. We had the conversation of it's really not that much savings to to cut him. It's think, not, it's like five hundred grand. Yeah, I think I thought it was something like eight hundred. Tucker could look it up but, up. but to cut him and know you're going to get it two and a half million in dead cap, but you're only saving eight hundred against the cap. Right, you're going to have to pay more than that. Unless you draft another rookie running back, anybody that you pay in free agency, even if they're a solid special teams player, you know, is going to get yes. at least two and a half, three million dollars a year. So then you're paying more than what you have for a commodity. You at least know what you have with CEH, not that you expect them to play special teams or anything, but it's not a so much of a savings that it's a slam dunk.
3: If you trade them, it's the inverse. So they would save right. like two million. The other thing they could do is right. post you and want them, you know, they yeah. can middle
2: it that yeah. way,
5: too. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like uh, his dead cap would be uh two and a half if he was cut. Um, so right in that ballpark there. So we will, uh, we'll see. Uh, this one's from Zach Tanksley. What do you assess Orlando Brown's trade value at if he is tagged?
3: Second round pick, something like that, which is basically what the chiefs assessed his value mm-hmm. at a couple yeah. of years ago. Here's the problem I have with it real quick. If you trade him, if okay, if he hit the market, he'd be the best left tackle out there by right. a mile. Yep, Yeah. So if you trade him, you're not signing anybody who's as good as him. So now you're putting in a rookie left tackle. You want to do that because yeah. I don't think the Chiefs want to do that,
2: and they won't make that decision. I, I've said there is no chance that the Chiefs go into the draft not knowing Exposed who their left, the left tackle, tackle is going to be. No yeah, way.
3: no way. I mean, think about a couple years ago when we all knew like they'd cut Fisher and Schwartz. And everybody was like, well, they got got a draft tackle. They got a draft tackle. And I remember talking to people in the organization who were like, I don't know if we love this class. And then two days later, oh, Orlando Brown got got acquired. I mean, they're not going to leave Mahomes and themselves exposed as they go into that, that draft. There's no way.
2: Yeah.
5: All right. I'm look, go, looking through all these questions. And there's a lot of questions about the Chiefs' backup quarterback. So I got to kind of lump them together. It seems like there's That's a general do, opportunity good.
2: to say his name correctly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Shane so, Bouchel. I mean, he, I said Bouchelly on like two shows and I Shane. couldn't. Yeah. So I got 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 by the Twitters.
5: <laughs> so people uh, want to know like three. There's about three or four questions about do they do the Chiefs go with a career backup guy or do they go with a young guy as so their backup quarterback?
3: I mean, they seem to like Buschel. like They yeah. do. Now, that being said, in both their Super Bowl runs, it was a damn good thing they had a veteran stand yeah. on the sideline. If you don't think Andy Reid knows that, you know who's a free agent? Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel's a free agent. You yeah. know who really knows that offense? Chase Daniel. So, I think if you're the Chiefs, is it worth having a $4 million investment plan, your insurance plan, excuse me, if you if you have Mahomes dinged up for him? I think Bouchelle will compete. And maybe it's one of these things where they bring a guy in. It's like, look, if Rochelle wins a the job, then he wins it, and they can just cup bait, and there's no real cap hit. But I think they might bring in a veteran,
2: yeah. I liked, it. yeah, I like the idea of a Chase Daniel, I guess. And I hadn't thought about him, I didn't know he was a free agent, but him more so than you know, like guys like Carson Wentz. You that's what's happening, man. It, it, I, I want a guy that's this is no reason to back that I have no information to back this up, but just philosophically having a veteran that understands what it means to help the starter get ready and understand oh, watching film sure. and being a sounding board to him. Whereas a, a Marcus Marietta, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, these quarterbacks that might not find a home as a starter that may just want to go work with Andy Reid for a year yep. and understand what that looks like, win a ring, be a part of it. Do they know what it's like to be the backup and to be a good teammate to Patrick Mahomes. Not that they're bad dudes, no, but course. it's like you know the process of how to help. Chase Daniel has become an expert yeah. in how to help the starter prepare do all of those kinds of things. And my most important thing for me for the backup quarterback, besides the point that you made, is that you're going to have to go in there and win a game at some point during the year in a big game. More so than that, that role is help Patrick Mahomes be prepared every week.
3: Also, if you're Carson Wentz just for an example, or Baker Mayfield, like you don't want to be a backup.
2: Right. You want to be right. a starter. If you're Chase
3: Daniel, like you're begging to be a backup. The last thing you want is going out and taking a bunch of hits at this point here. Right? So I think there's a mentality that comes along with it that people overlook. If you're Darnold Mayfield, you, you want to start. You don't want yeah. to go in there and be a backup. You're, you're chomping at the bit. So I think they're better off going up for a guy who is totally comfortable in that role.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this.
4: entertain educate
1: inform kc sports network
5: all right i think i've got a good one to end on here all right what has been the best part of the combine experience well my my body (laughs) is slowly shutting down (laughs) okay
3: um i mean for me personally man i love going out at night and getting information that i can (laughs) inform people with around the league right i mean that's Best part. Now that being said, and that I,
2: happens between one o'clock in the morning and four o'clock in the yes, morning. Yes. We are sleeping. That oh, is not the world that we, that we play I, in.
3: I basically crawled out of uh Brian there. day. Not and, and not from inebriation. I just I couldn't take it anymore. Um, but uh no, I like I like look, everybody's here, so yeah. you can you can talk to agents, you can talk to people in the league, right? You can talk to personnel uh men at, around the NFL. And I think this is like I know free agency technically starts in two weeks agency starts right here. Yeah. JW. Okay. And it starts at prime. And it, <laughs> I, I think that's the part that I enjoy the most because it then informs the whole rest of your offseason. You have an idea of where things are going. You can, you can give information as, as you're allowed to. Um, I, I love that part of it and, you know, having that face time with people around the league and getting a, getting to, to kind of, you know, learn where the league might be going here in the next couple of weeks, couple months.
2: Yeah. I, I enjoy that everybody's around and that you could just see the stuff happening. You see all the national media out, you see all the coaches and you just kind of see how things work. Uh, I think that that industry knowledge of just coming here. And the first few years I was here, you're just like, Oh my God, that's so-and-so. Oh my God. That's (laughs) so, that that looks a lot like, so. Oh, that is that person. Like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Especially radio row. We're sitting here looking, you see us looking around. All these people are walking around. That going out at night and getting a chance to meet people and network, it's so important for insiders and that to get yeah. that information, create those relationships. And it's not like you're talking to people that you don't know, yeah. talking to people that you get to know over the years. And the cool part for me, I haven't been at any of these first event that I've been at in um, the last couple of years, is that you come back and, and know half the people. And yeah. It's just like, oh, hey, BJ, what's going on? Yeah. I've like, got a different platform now, obviously with KCSN, but I, getting, I just love being around people that share the same passionate types of things. And everybody for the most part is cool. You go out at night and you just, you see people kind of just showing their personalities, having some fun. Um, yeah. And then the next day is I get up in the morning, get you a coffee and be like, what'd you learn last night?
3: <laughs> Dude, I And like last night we're sitting there, we're all talking. It's like, I don't know, one 30 in the morning. And like, I, I won't say who it was, but like a very prominent current NFL player just rolled by. Mm. And I was like, and like to your point, if it was the first year or two, I had been here. I probably like, oh, Wow! Yeah, it was like, hey man,
2: <laughs> can I guess? Yeah. Is it Derek Carr? It was not. Okay, it was not. <laughs> I was trying to get him on the podcast. If that I see him, that if been I see him, we're going to do an emergency podcast <laughs> no. with, uh, with live with Derek Carr. Derek, how do you feel about the
3: Raiders replacing you currently with no one? Thoughts? Um, no, it, but it was just so funny. Like you walked through, and yeah, I mean, you you know, any NFL player, they're huge. Like, I don't know who they are. Yeah, and walked through, and it was like, I feel like in most settings. He never did it as an NFL player, you get mobbed, but there it was like, Oh, hey, it's so and so, that's cool, yeah. and like you just keep going. So and so,
2: Derek Carr, like now he's not a raider. It's like, I always kind of liked him. Are I you- had no problem with him, not as a player, but just as like a person? He seemed like a genuinely good dude, went through right. a lot of junk.
3: He did. Are you, uh, are I- you able to still read his tweets, or has he blocked you along with the rest of society?
2: Nobody, but blo- I'm not that guy on Twitter. See, I'm not I don't, either- you go, you've gone at people, you. You have opinions. Uh, you share things. I, I have no problem doing. I tweet that. like I think, which is just always just right down the middle. Well, I see.
3: God bless you. I, I, <laughs> it's, it's I, <laughs> I, I,
2: especially now with the industry knowledge of knowing how things work, like it's yeah. so easy to be like, "Well, this is awful." Like, why are they doing? It's true. I'm like, if something confuses you or doesn't look right, it's because you're missing part of the truth. Yeah, see, and, and,
3: and for the record, I can still read Derek Carr's tweets. Now, his brother—that's a whole other story. <laughs> I haven't been able to read his tweets in quite some time. He's had takes he, over the years. He I, and the funny thing is, like I don't think I've ever said anything about David Carr in my career, but it's just like, uh, he's cheap. He blocked guy. you? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, years ago, years ago. <laughs> you know, and that's probably for the better. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, Derek Carr. I'm fascinated with Carr. Derek Carr. I, yeah. like if, if I'm the Jets, I would just sign him right now. He could be their Alex Smith. All right. Stabilize it for a few years, get him into the playoffs, then find that bridge. I mean, obviously, good luck finding Mahomes, but find <laughs> that bridge. If you don't sign him and Rodgers, by the way, as you know, I am from New York, I would pay money to watch Aaron Rodgers go to New York. I would pay money to see that happen. Can you imagine a darkness retreat in New York? You know what that would be like? I I can't even imagine. But it's also why I don't think he's going to go there. I think Vegas makes way more sense for him than than the Jets.
2: Yeah, good stuff. All right. That's all we got for 21 questions. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. Thank you to Matt Verteron for joining us here and uh, make sure you check out his social media accounts to figure out where he's going to be going. <laughs> but congratulations uh, to him yeah, with man. all of his success. Appreciate all of you for hanging out on this. What's today? Thursday
4: mm-hmm. on this I Thursday,
2: so. <laughs> this Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. We'll be here for a few more days, putting out content probably all the way through Monday. Um, here on this platform talking to different media uh, some other special guests that will hopefully have come through so appreciate everybody for hanging out hit that like and subscribe please follow us on your favorite podcasting platforms and we'll see you next time
4: it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing